This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. He's blessed by the best, he says. It's Professor Dion Foster, all the way from Stellenbosch University. Hello. Brad, you and I often joke about this, but uh, I came to faith during the age of, or sort of developed in my faith during the age of that great Christian artist, Carmen. Oh, yeah. Blessed by the best, on fire for the Messiah, too anointed to be disappointed, too blessed to be stressed and praying for the rest. Oh, we like that. You know, he he, (laughs) he passed away just a few months ago and lost his battle to cancer. And I tell you, that's the one thing that I loved about Carmen was his, even when I wasn't a believer, I had this friend who was a Christian and he had a really cool car, like an old jalopy, but we loved it. And Kevin would drive us around wherever he was going. He'd take us along because he was slightly older than the rest and had a license. And he would pump, he would put his tape, his Carmen cassettes (laughs) in his car and he'd pump that. And I'm like, I don't know what this is exactly, but I quite like the way this guy tells a story in his music. It's kind of attractive to me. So that's how I always remember him. It's absolutely beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Now, Brad, this week I've had the incredible privilege of uh, spending some time with 12 uh, South African Christian entrepreneurs. I I serve as as a mentor for a a thing called Trigger Ventures, which is a a, a sort of a a movement to raise up uh, Christian entrepreneurs who are seeking to, to use business to do good. And I think that's a wonderful thing. So. Things like job creation, poverty alleviation, um, you know, transformation, all of mm. the good things that I think when Jesus sees there is goodness in the world, particularly in the marketplace, uh, he would say amen to. And um, I was struck again, you know, that a, a number of these uh, very gifted young people have, have MBAs that yeah. are exceptionally uh, driven. And, you know, two or three times a year, I, I teach on a couple of different MBA courses. Uh, you know, the one at UCT, where, where I'm an associate, and, and one for uh, a university in America, University of North Carolina. Yeah. It always strikes me, you know, those groups, uh, people who have MBAs and pursue MBAs, oh my goodness, they are driven. Yeah. <laughs> they have energy for days and ideas for days, and they, they're problem solving and doing, doing all sorts of things. But it's just so interesting, you know, journeying with this group of people and just recognizing that, um, you know, for all of us, it doesn't matter how energetic, uh, how deeply committed we are, how problem-solving we are, all of us struggle with some of the same things. Mm. We, we, we all struggle with issues of identity. Who am I? Am I good enough? Am I truly loved? Uh, you know, all of these are questions that, that everybody wrestles with uh, throughout their lives. Some of us do it knowingly, so we, we, we are aware of the fact that, you know, perhaps we perform so that others can approve of us, and other people do it unknowingly. Mm. Um, you know, from time to time in my ministry and in my working life, and particularly, you know, now that I manage a, a small group of people, I see people, you know, working themselves absolutely to death, you know, mm. burning the candle at both ends and in the middle hmm. to, to try and, and, and sort of develop a sense of security or win approval and, um, you know, these can be very, very damaging things for ourselves, for our families, and for our communities. And uh, so I was asked to do a, a little talk for this group, and I decided to use the story of the temptation of Jesus, because mm-hmm. I, I, I went and thought to myself, I wonder if Jesus faced these kinds of temptations. And Brad, interestingly enough, he did. 
So just to say to our listeners, if you get a chance a little bit later today, please don't do it while you're in the traffic. Go and read Matthew chapter 4 from verses 1 to 11. That's the the story of the temptation of Jesus. And um, it's a very interesting story, Brad, for two reasons. First of all, for where it is in in the narrative of Matthew's gospel. In biblical studies, we often do an approach to biblical studies called narrative criticism. In other words, how is the story structured? Um, where a story appears in relation to other parts of the story matters. And what is the story that comes immediately before Matthew 4, verses 1 to 11? It's the story of the baptism of Jesus. Ah. We almost get this this picture of Jesus still, he rises out of the water, uh, the Spirit of the Lord uh, rests upon him in the form of a dove and says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. It's almost while the water still drips from his beard that yeah. he's taken to the wilderness, and he faces that temptation. For 40 days he fasts, and when he's at his weakest, after 40 days, I think that's one of the largest understatements in the Bible, exactly. because it says in, in Matthew chapter 4, he had been fasting for 40 days, and he was hungry. Gotcha. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the understatement of the year. And the devil comes to him in that moment of weakness, you know, when and perhaps he, he's tempted to be hangry, you know, to be mm. to be angry, hungry, and and says to him the first thing, um, you know, if you can do it, look at all these stones around you in the desert. Why don't you just turn them into bread, mm. you know? And Jesus answers, of course, and says, "Man shall not live by bread alone." Then he takes him to the top of the temple and he says, you know, why don't you throw yourself off the temple? Because it's written that uh, you know even the angels of the Lord will protect you. And uh, Jesus says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And then, of course, the last one we know is the devil takes him to a high place and shows him the world and says, just bow down to me and I will give you all of this. I will, I will la- allow you to rule. You will have charge of all of this if you'll just bow down to me. Now, Brad, when I thought about those three temptations, think about what they are. The first temptation, the temptation to create bread out of stones, is yeah. a temptation for security. Uh-huh. All of us, try to figure out how can I create security for myself? How can I work that little bit harder? How can I store up for myself enough so that I won't have any hunger, so that my children can eat, so that the community in which I live can be secure? Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. The second temptation is the need for love. Mm. I mean, what the devil was doing was, was testing Jesus' sense of whether he truly believed that his father loved him. He was basically saying to him, why don't you just test it and see if your father really does love you as much as he says? And of course, for many of us, you know, we face that same temptation. Now, it's not a bad thing to want to know that you are loved. Mm. The third thing is, of course, Jesus is the king of the universe, and he should rule. But the devil is wanting to say to him, I can give you the crown without the cross. I can take you to glory without you having to go through hardship and suffering. And the outcome will be the same. You'll rule. The only difference is you would have given yourself over to me. And I was thinking, you know, how many times in my own life haven't I faced those crises? Mm-hmm. The longing for security, the desperate need to, to win the love of others, and, and the desire to have enough power, enough money, enough opportunity to do good things. And Brad, you know what, what struck me about this was it's not that these things themselves are bad, but, but the one mistake that the devil has. The one, the one thing that he didn't realize about Jesus is that Jesus knew that he didn't need to, to do anything. Yeah. He didn't need any more things to be secure, and he didn't need anyone else's power 
to know that he was God's beloved. Jesus had risen out of the baptismal waters with the words still ringing in his ears, you are my beloved son. In you, I am well pleased. You don't have to do anything to please me. There's nothing that you need to have. There's no position, no title, no authority that you need. All you need to do is live in my belovedness. Mm. So, Brad, I want to really say to our listeners today, because I'm sure that there are people this morning under pressure. Uh, There are people who are longing for the love of of someone who perhaps doesn't know how to give it. There are many of us who, who long for security. And I want to say to you, please hear this promise again. You are God's beloved. There's nothing you have to do. There's nothing you have to be. You just have to live in the belovedness of God. Such a safe place to be, but being insecure means that we don't even feel safe because God is going to help Professor Dion Foster, but not me. I mean, look at me. Who am I? And these are situations we often find ourselves in. And sometimes when we're hangry, you know, we default to that when things seem to go really bad. We've got our little default setting. And that depends very much on where we've come from, Dion. That little default setting, as much yeah. as we fight and we struggle and we battle to accept the moment that uh, the popo hits the fan, sometimes we hit our default. <laughs> on. I'm not surprised this is happening to me. And uh, that yeah. sort of a, a, a narrative plays out. And, and so for some people, I think being secure in that identity is jolly hard work. And Brad, of course, I mean, isn't it wonderful? I mean, the scriptures even help us with that. So, you know, the Bible says, "From the abundance of the heart, so the mouth speaks." And mm. and so I'm I'm on this daily quest, this daily journey to yes. say, "Lord, fill my heart with with a recognition of Your love. Fill me with a sense of the security that You are the owner of the cattle of a thousand hills. That You You for You, there's never a financial crisis. Yes. Fill me with that sense that uh, that I don't need to to do anything or be anything. I simply just need to love you and do whatever you want me to do. And and that will please you. It's, you know, there, there's that beautiful song that all we need to do is live for the, the audience of one. Mm. Excellently said. And that's what we expect. And that's why we're so motivated and so enjoy time with Professor Dion Foster, Head of Department of Systematic Theology and Ecclesiology, also the Director of the Bayes Nordia Center for Public Theology. Here's to a great Thursday. Thanks for hanging out with us, Dion. Thanks, my friend. Well, blessings and uh, stay in the sunshine. And for those who are in the fog and the smog, may the sun burn juice. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 729 AM. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za.